right. Comcast here. Yeah, I've got Xfinity. <laughs> VFML. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is now my permanent background. I like it. And when I so while he's writing out his notes, right. <laughs> um, I mentioned to the wife yesterday. You know, I've been trying to figure out a better setup, and we started talking about some things and throwing some things out. And this is actually our dining room that we totally flipped around yesterday and reorganized. Um, and it's actually, it's funny. It's a better layout for this room and ended up being perfect for what we're doing. Right. And if we ever do decide to do an episode in person, yeah, there's more than enough room here where I can set something up. And, you know, like, let's say after a match, you shoot a Fredericksburg match down here. We can come here, mm -hmm. have some food, yeah. do a podcast episode, have everything set up, ready to go. Right on. Plenty of room. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right, don't don't forget to do this then. Yeah, raise your hand. <laughs> oh, he raised his hand. That's yes, right. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to say it in English or Spanish? <laughs> Actually, you know what? His quality is better now. So I don't. I'm kind of like wondering if he tries the microphone now. Would it? Would it work? <laughs> Try it out one time. Oh. It still wants to, it's still Don't freezing. Tell me what to, oh, yeah. and he's frozen. Yeah. Oh, oh he's oh. back. Yeah. Dude, did you see that fast speed up? <laughs> it, yeah. It's like it tried to catch up real quick. Right, right. Oh, well. <laughs> what movie? Olaf. What movie? Uh, frozen. Never watched it. Yeah. Are you using the chat function, Leo? Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> C. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see how that turns out in the video. See if that pops up on the screen. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. Maybe as good as it's going to get. So, just so you know, I ended up having to download the desktop version of Skype in order to host the meeting because there was no... There was no button on my Skype to be able to host the meeting, and that's how you record it. Well, uh -huh. I can record it through some other – I have another means of doing it, 
Right, right. Um, but it's easier just recording straight from Skype. Right on. But you've got to host a meeting in order to do that. Yeah. So I did it when we first hung up. I did a very fast Google search, and in it, and when I was looking at something, it says you might. It at the very bottom, it said download desktop app, and I'm like, click. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm telling you, load it pretty quickly because that new computer is pretty Dude, high this speed. Dude, co this computer is stupid. <laughs> this computer is, is stupid. <laughs> it is redonkulous. That's, but I bet you love it, though. Yeah. I mean, before I could click on something and go to another tab and look at something and then go back, and now I can't. I can't even get to the other tab before it's loaded. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's an HP, right? It is an HP. Okay. And the um, processor's up to 4. Point gigahertz in speed. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So it will, it will rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So welcome to episode 15 of the Casual Shooters podcast. This week we have Dave and Chris and sometimes Leo. But not always. <laughs> he may appear on your screen to just to be a frozen statue, but he's there somewhere. Just bear with us. Right. So I'll, I'll say it for him. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him type it out. I want to see how he spells it. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe when he's typing, it might stutter. <laughs> I, think, I think the hamster died on the wheel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A O. H E Y O H. No hyphen. All one word. Right. Not a sponsor. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. So, for those of you who weren't here for the first 30 minutes of non recording conversation, <laughs> Chris has opted to get in a bikini and try to get us a bang sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Leo's frozen. Right. But Leo. <laughs> Practice. Oh, goodness. He's frozen sideways. Right. <laughs> Capture that. It's not, it's not even freeze dried. Right. <laughs> Capture right. picture. Dink. <laughs> mm. Who do you well, have this week? Chris, anything? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, I actually had the opportunity to uh, take the new uh, Canic out, aka I named it Mary. Oh, awesome! So uh, I actually fired it with the um, tungsten guide rod and the Wolf 14 pound spring. Okay. And um, honestly, it actually really felt good in my hand, um, and I didn't have any issues with. Uh, any stovepipes or misfires or anything like that. I actually uh, uh, went through a couple mags, uh, you know, changing them out, you know, and everything. So it actually looked nice. So I got it here with me. So there it is. Um, this is a new one here. And uh, it is uh, no magazine in the uh, magwell there. And uh, We'll uh, make sure that everybody sees that there's nothing inside there. And I'm kind of canting it to the side. So there's no bullet or anything like that. So it is safe. So, and I just pulled the trigger. No bang. So, ha, -ha. 
So get it, no bang, drinking bang. <laughs> so if you can see, I'll put it up there. Oh, that, there you go. That's, that's yeah, the, there you go. That's the uh, new uh, tungsten guide rod right there. That's pretty, actually. Yeah, and the Wolf 14 pound spring. And I have actually uh, went through about, I would say, five mags, uh, and I had them loaded up to about 18 rounds in each mag. So, um, so I fired them all through here, and uh, it functioned very nicely. I was very impressed with it. Um, and and it, it, again, to me, it felt really, really good. Um, and I loved how um, just the way it just snaps back and everything. And it's just, it just feels, it just feels really good. I mean, just, just feels really, really amazing. I love it. Love it. So um, I think I'm actually, I, because I, in my other, in the previous one I have, the one that actually, we shoot together with in competition again no no magazine and uh nothing in the in the gun so no bang this is the sprinko two-stage uh recoils uh system that you and i both have dave okay so yep. um this is the one that I, I think when we started that when we figured out the grains and everything was a problem and we had to go up and grain a little bit. Right. So um, I feel like this does kind of when you when you fire it, it kind of, you know, slows it down when it's hitting that second stage, you know, so that's when we get the problems. But uh, I think I'm actually literally going to go buy me that uh, other tungsten guide rod. I actually got extra wolf springs um 14 pound wolf spring so i think i'm actually going to switch out the whole thing both guns here so um i like it i'm happy with it and uh so yeah well i think i don't know what i'm gonna do then i'm just gonna get the spring and the guide rod yeah send me um email me a link if you would to where you buy the spring okay i can do that okay i would appreciate that I I definitely will, and uh, um, actually, you know, um, I I'm not for sure, uh, but I I'm but I'm pretty positive that Ben Stoger has it on his website too, so you can actually go to Wolf and buy it from them. Um, same for me, please. Okay, got you. <laughs> but I think you can go to Ben Stoger's, and Ben Stoger has it on his website as well. Um, but I actually got the tungsten, the tungsten guide rod from, uh, Frank Zoo's website. So That's I, where I figured that. I'd buy it from. Yeah. I bought it from him, seventy nine ninety nine from him and the, uh, Wolf Springs, um, were not that expensive. I, uh, I can't remember, call it right off the top of my head and I don't want to throw a number out there and be incorrect, but they were not that expensive. I'm talking like under. I'm gonna say under ten dollars. So I'm gonna say it's just a spring. It can't be too expensive. Right, right. So, um, and uh, so I got that, and I actually got the uh, Wolf Spring Kit, um, the for the nine millimeters. It's a low power spring kit where you can get the different springs in there. So it was like 14, 15, 16, you know. So I can 
test different ones in there if I want to, just to kind of see how it functions. But right now, the 14 seems to be the sweet spot. And actually, that was uh, uh, given that information was given to me by Frank Zoo. Um, so, Frank the Tank, thank you very much. Not a sponsor, but appreciate it. So, um, good information. So, I like it. I think you actually will, when you do it and change it out, I really feel like you're going to enjoy that gun, how it feels with the recoil system in there. So, okay. But uh, but Leo, I'll get that information to you also. So, ah, so uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, did you happen to do any comparison shooting with the old setup versus the new setup? I mean, I fired it a couple of times, but I actually like the new setup that I just kept on running it through there and it just felt so good in my hand. The recoil felt great. I didn't get a lot of, um, again, I didn't get a lot of recoil. I was able to, you know, practice drawing and, uh, shooting a couple targets and, and I kind of stay on target and everything. So I actually felt like I didn't get a lot of, a lot of recoil. It just felt like it just, it really cycled well. And uh, the only problem I will have to say that I have to fix on this new gun, which I've completely forgot. Um, does the spring work with the original guide rod? No, no, not the original guide rod. The original guide rod is, is like all one piece. So you have to remove that completely in the canic. So it doesn't, doesn't work in there. Um, so I forgot to uh, file down the ribs inside the magwell. So, oh, so your mags didn't want to come out? Exactly. Okay. So I ran into that issue. But here, here's the really interesting part about that is that when I was dry firing and practicing and didn't have anything inside the magwell, they were dropping out nicely. I didn't have any issue. But as soon as I loaded them up, they just, and I, yeah, they expanded. Yeah. And so when I hit the, uh, the mag magazine button, they were like, Doop! and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, damn it. I knew right off the bat what it was. So that's my, okay. uh, next little project is to sand down those ribs inside and smooth that out a little bit. Oh, I, I wish there was uh canic would do that or give you the option to buy a lower. Um, where you can actually have it with the ribs uh, either file down further down or without, you know, um, something maybe they might want to look into, just a suggestion. But, but yeah, that, that was it. I actually like, I really do like that, that new, new tungsten guide rod. I really do. Um, and it just, again, it just feels a lot better. So that's that's the only thing I have that's really new on my end. Um, and not true, but we're not uh, we're not there yet. The other thing I like about the tungsten guide rod is you're putting weight at the front of the gun, <clears throat> and you don't have to change out the striker spring. Right, right. Whereas you're with the Sprinco, right. you've got you, yes. You are absolutely right. Um, I did not change out the uh, striker spring, and uh, but maybe that's because of the weight in the front of it. It's keeping it from, you know, giving that snap back, you know. So, uh, 
it was it was it felt great. Can't wait to run it. Oh, like purchase. Yeah. Excited. Can't wait for that to come in. Is uh, I purchased the uh, Cool Fire laser system, and um, so it is uh, on, on its way, hopefully. And did we lose somebody? Yeah, he's frozen. Yeah, he's frozen uh, again. Okay. I Me mean, so, hasn't really uh, been here anyway, so. Right. <laughs> Crack that score. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, it's not um, the... Go ahead. I thought the cool fire was the recoil. Yeah. You uh, froze up on me there, Dave. Can you try that one more time for me? I said, what was... Um, I thought the cool fire was the recoil system. It is the recoil system. Um, and the Mantis a, X is the laser system. Correct, but you, it actually has a laser on the cool fire system so that when you fire it, it actually will shoot out a little laser so you can see it hitting the target. Or if you want to use that, you can use it that way or use it without. Right. So it's, but that's but that's it, not the the primary function of the cool fire system. No, I mean, it's not the primary function. It's the, you know, giving you, like you said, the recoil effect of it and being able to cycle through. Um, but they uh, also give you the, the option to install a laser tip on it so that when it uh, cycles, you'll see the laser. So you can, if you have a system, yes, just a tip. <laughs> so... If you have a system where you're videoing it, videoing your um, your dry firing, you can go back and see where the uh, laser is hitting on your targets. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna. I think I would rather use the Mantis X for that. Yes, that's just you know another costly, you know, added thing right now. And I can't f afford the all that. That the was two, uh, right. Yeah. Um, but I think cool that's fire. what I'm going to end up doing is just getting the two of them. I'll wait and get the two in combination mm -hmm. because I, I don't, I don't want to use, cause I was looking at both of them. I don't want to use the cool fire laser cause I don't care. I would rather call my shot than look for a laser impact on a target. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's I the wrong, that's the wrong focus. The focus needs to be, um, especially with all the reading and, and listening to podcasts, the focus needs to be a laser focus with your eyes as to the exact point you want your your shot to hit and let your dot come into your vision and shoot when the dot gets where within reasonable proximity to where your eyes are aiming. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. That's that's why I think I have I am now for sure probably going to shoot the first one to three matches local matches with tape on the front side of my optic, right? Because I I you know what I'm doing in dry fire training I want to make sure that it transfers over into matches so I'm going to tape that thing over 
so that there's no way because I the more I delve into what I've been doing, I have definitely been focusing on my dot. Right, and right. that slows my transitions, it slows everything. So I have got to break that habit and get out of that. So <clears throat> that's why I will when we do eventually get it, I will not use that adapter because I don't care. Right. Right. And I mean I, I I agree with you with that. Um, also, I just use it where I set up the video camera and I can go through and shoot it and then I can um, go back. I can go back and review and see where, where I was, even though I'm like just using my iron sight to shoot and move and everything but yet i could go back at the videos and then look at it seeing where am i at on the target you know so that maybe i'm saying oh okay i'm a little too low i need to come up a little bit more you know and practice in practice of trying to find that spot with my iron sight so but i do i do agree with you i'm not going to sit there and you know look for that laser hitting the target it's just more or less um when I when I video my dry firing, that I can go back and see where the where I was hitting at. Now I like the Mantis because it kind of it does the same thing. It gives you the graphic layout of where you are. It shows your your movement with the gun uh, upon you know when you're with the trigger pull and everything. I think that's great. Again, you're going back to review what you know. What, what you're doing so i mean again now leo brought up a good point um he's you know what how much does this cost well the cool fire uh system and that's just that to me the full system there's a few things left out of it but that's the recoil system the co2 adapter um and the co2 cost me 500 dollars, and that means some change so that's a five hundred dollar purchase right there. When I was looking at it, it was going to be three sixty or three sixty five for what I was looking at. Right, and that's just the recoil. If I recall correctly, that's the recoil system itself. So you're just getting one part. That's not the adapter. Uh, no, when I went in and priced it out, I even wrote down all of the things that you get with it. Um, Good Lord, who knows where I wrote it all down. I don't even think it's on this notepad. It's on a different notepad. But right. um, it included, because uh, I went in and did the, um, I priced it out for the paintball gun adapter, the tank, um, even a couple extra follower insertions. For your right. magazines, I think so. I think I would end up with four total, so I could actually practice reloads and stuff while still, you know, like a normal. Because I think they were saying you get about twenty-five trigger pulls with a full barrel, and that's what, and that's with a smaller barrel, not the bigger barrel that we would have. So I don't know how many trigger pulls we would get, but. It would allow me to practice, you know, like a full size stage up to 32 rounds or close, close to right. that. 
now, um, now, now I just went to their website, and you're right. It's the price is thirty two, uh, three hundred and twenty nine dollars. Right. Now, um, when you start selection selecting some of the options of like the soda adapter or the charging, if you want the charging paintball tanks, that's another twenty dollars, which I didn't, uh, I didn't do. I actually just did the uh, soda adapter, and there was no charge for that. Um, the laser, you know, if you want the laser, again, that that's like a hundred and uh, one hundred and five dollars additional. That's where your big expense came from, then. Yeah, because so, I am not. Yeah, that I was not adding that. Right. So, um, and then uh, if you want the uh, soda maker pre-filled tank, there's a three ounce one. There's a twenty ounce uh, CO two tank um and even a 14 ounce tank which is uh 45 dollars for the uh 14 ounce uh for the 20 ounce that's a 20 dollar uh that's a paintball tank and it's empty and then the soda maker pre-filled tank three ounce that's 24 dollars. so you know that like you said that adds up and um if you wanted like the striker I think what does it say here? Uh, you can select to add more striker tips, options, and everything like that. Uh, visible laser or infrared it's laser. Visible. Yeah. It's visible. Well, you, you actually you can get both. You can get either or. It has a visible one and it has an infrared laser also. Gives you an option. So, um, and with that, if you you know the prices go up once you get the infrared and all that stuff. So. Yes, like you said, once you start adding on things, the price goes up. So yes, you are right. It is three twenty nine um, for just the basic without anything else. Uh, but once you add the laser to it, uh, that's when the uh, prices start going up. So um, I did get the uh, one. I did purchase one of the tanks and the laser, so that's what drove the price up. So right. Um, yeah, because I was looking at the. Um paintball mm -hmm. tank the paintball adapter the the extra followers i don't know if there was much else but it ended up yeah. being like 360 365 mm -hmm. and then i would have gone with the mantis x10 which is at their bigger package of everything mm -hmm. which was another 250 so it ends up being like five a little a little over 600 bucks right right and i haven't looked at the mantis uh, so i have no idea about the the pricing on the mantis so but so but yeah you're right um but the, again i'm actually excited to get this system and um try it out and um do a little video of uh of me using it once i once i get it and get it all installed and figured out everything then i'll uh do a little video of me using it and in uh dry fire training and i'm actually excited about it because uh again now i can do a lot more training with it uh, versus using, you know, ammunition and uh, getting that, that recoil effect. So I actually like that. And even, I could even go up to a range or somewhere and practice using it and actually getting the full recoil system so I can actually go through um, a practice stage that I could set up, you know, at a facility. Right. And not even, you know, not using any bullets or anything of that nature. So saves me some money, you know, Absolutely. during this crisis. So, 
So yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I look forward to that. Yeah, you, I mean, you could rent out a bay at Shadowhawk and set something up and practice and do things without even having to shoot around. Right. Right. Absolutely. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to. Yes. Yeah. And and Leo, so for you guys, um, Leo typed in that um, it pays for itself after a few uses. Um, for both systems together, I mean, it's for what a case of ammo is going right now. Right. So you figure, but the difference was, or is, I should say, like for the system I was pricing out, you get 2,000 trigger pulls with a full tank of air. So that's twice, that's like two cases of ammo for the price of a case of ammo. So the very first time you use a full tank of bottle, it's already paid for itself. Yep. So that alone makes it worthwhile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leo says so let, definitely. <laughs> before before I forget, Leo had thrown up a question. What, what do I mean by taping over the optic? So on the objective side of my SRO, the side facing the target, you put a piece of tape covering that so you can't see through but you can see into the optic and see the red dot so with both eyes open if my target's straight ahead and i'm putting my gun out my right eye sees a dot my left eye sees the target but they're able to interpose the red dot on the target but i'm using a target focus and i'm just letting so I'm focusing on the target basically with my left eye and just letting the dot come over where I'm looking. But it makes you focus on the target. He's typing. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, I was looking at also with the Mantis X. Um, now it mounts underneath. Yeah. So you would replace the barrel and the slide with the cool fire. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. the barrel and the springs with the cool fire. And then, oh, I think the other thing I was looking to purchase was the striker protector, the cap. Yes. Um, that was another additional option I think I chose. But anyway, putting the Mantis X on the bottom and putting the cool fire in the gun then you would be able to see your trigger pull and where you're impacting during your... So you can sit there and shoot and do what you're going to do with your normal um, shot calling drills with recoil, and then you'd be able to go back and see if what you called good was actually good because the Mantis X would then have a readout on your tablet or your phone or whatever showing you if you actually hit what you said you were hitting. With the Mantis X10X or X10, whatever it was, um, the thing was that, well, there, I'm not sure exactly. My only confusion is if you can set something up for more USPSA style shooting. See, that's what I was trying to figure out, too, when you, we were talking about it. And I've seen some videos 
where people have gone back and reviewed their shots and you don't see the target. You just see it's like a black screen with a crosshair and you're seeing your lines where your where your movement is with the gun. So my question is, it's like it's you, your your crosshair is like where where okay, it's only on one target. You see what I'm saying? So I kind of was trying to say like it, it's too bad it doesn't show like the USPSA like uh, targets the vinyl targets that you put up on your wall. So now you won't know where you are on there. You see what I'm saying? Yes, but I would I would I mean from what I can gather, I would take the center of that target that the Mantis X shows you as being where you're pointing the gun. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. if your eyes are aiming at the head box in the center of the A zone in the head box and your shot is way low left, then you can assume you're you did not get an A, you got it best to see Mm-hmm. in the head box right and it would be low left so you know and then you've got to look at the way it tracks the right. movement of your barrel to see what you were doing right so and they, i i can see that yeah. i can see that and so then you have to you have to go to each screen so when you set your targets up you can be like okay there's target one target two target three and see where you are on that yeah i, I can see that. right okay all right all right Leo had typed something out there, and I didn't catch catch it what he had said. Um, I wish his microphone was working. <laughs> so, but um, uh, his, oh, I know what video was working. Yeah, I don't know. He asked if there's a max memory to the Mantis X, and I don't know. Yeah. The one thing he did ask, I do recall, he wanted to know is the Mantis, how it will fit in your holster. That's what it was. Because now once you put the Mantis on there and our holsters that we use, will it actually fit inside there? You know, or do you have to get a whole completely different holster now? You know, may have to may have to get a new holster. Yeah. So, you know, but will that but then again, will that throw you off? Because now that holster system is it might sit differently than what you use during competition. You see what I'm saying? So that's a that's an interesting point. Good good point, Leo. It does. It does a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. He asked if it did holster draw analysis, and yes, it does. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, very interesting um, for us to try these systems out. And uh, I, w- I would love, I wish that uh, uh, Mantis would send one to you so you can test it out and see what, see, uh, you give it a good review or a bad review and put it through the paces. Not a sponsor, yes. Leo said, not a sponsor. <laughs> but uh, it would it'd be kind of cool if they would actually give you or loan you one to put through all the paces just to see what it would do, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, you and I both have, uh, uh, Canix SFX and then I could come down there and we could put it in and run it with both, you know, and, and see how it would work, you know? 
maybe even set up one of those. Um, I did. I cannot. Ah, that gonna have this Alzheimer's when you get old and you forget stuff. Um, but there is a um, a um, app. I know that videos your shot so it looks at the targets and it, it incorporates the targets and when the laser hits the target it shows your impact on the target so it would be kind of cool to set that up all at the same time and review everything at, at together so you have the data from the mantis the data from seeing the targets and you know running the whole systems together so that would be interesting you don't yes. remember the name of the app no um and I'm trying to see while we were talking, maybe if I can jump on here real quick and see if I can f see what it is. Um, of course, I'm not going to find it probably. Um, and I, I used it a couple of times and of course that was it. So uh, I'll, I'll research it and uh, get back to you on the next one about the app and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> Yes, Leo said I uh, Huggy can call it practice score. Go ahead, Leo. No, he said practice shot. Oh, practice shot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reading See, is fundamental. Yeah. <laughs> See, Leo. Try try to say it, Leo. Go ahead. Oh, oh are you frozen? Oh. <laughs> Leo's typing. Yeah, he got too close to the video. It froze up. Right. Practice, I hate you. <laughs> Leo typed, I practice, practice, I hate you. Yes. You done messed yes. up, AA Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Leo just typed truth. <laughs> it's so it's so weird not hearing him in here. You know interacting and uh it, it is definitely uh <laughs> insubordinate and churlish <laughs> yeah yeah so but uh definitely missing that element that leo element so if you if you're listening to us and you get a chance to watch the youtube channel definitely uh tune into that if you want to watch uh Leo, uh, type away his answers <laughs> and questions. Oh yeah, and questions too, and uh, and freeze up on you. And uh, Dave, Dave's got some great freeze shot pictures. <laughs> yeah, that'll be on my OnlyFans page. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, it depends. Maybe maybe we'll give out a code so people can get a subscription for cheap. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, so but no, that's that's all I have from my end here. Um, nothing nothing more. So, Leo, so you got. Secret code, not a sponsor. Code, not a sponsor. <laughs> so, Chris, do you remember you said you had done some research back into um, 
commercializing USPSA more? Yeah, uh, I did. And you're going to make me go back into all my notes. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I took some notes about it and actually I was find, found it kind of interesting about um, commercializing it and what I was trying to compare some of the other sports out there um, and what they go through and commercializing their sports and everything of that nature. So um, it was it was actually interesting. I didn't, I didn't catch all of his uh, text. So what, what did Leo say? What part of your bifocals are you using to read your notes? <laughs> I'm I'm actually uh, having to look outside the glasses to actually read here. So uh, and uh, I was actually looking at the NFL and NASCAR and like you know trying to see what like big. I know they're big sports and everything like that. You know, and trying to compare that's it, it is like comparing an apple to an orange because it's a big sport versus a little sport. But however, I will say that USPSA and other shooting sports, it's a big sport. It just hasn't been commercialized. Um, and, you know, looking at the cost on things, you know, it, it's amazing on the costs for, you know, for race cars. And of course, you know, you know, just the cost breakdown here um, for a um, typical two-car next uh, two-car Nextel Cup. I know it's changed names, um, but like a car, it's one hundred and thirty, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars each. That's rough. That's a rough estimate, you know, for a car. You know, they're putting on the track. Teams, they're running around about. Uh, salaries for the teams are running around about three million a year. Okay, uh, drivers are getting four hundred thousand for a rookie, uh, up to seven million for the top drivers. You know, so um, travel, they get paid to travel one million dollars per year for each team. Tires, at least twenty thousand dollars per race. So, you know, you figure how many races in the season? At least twenty, right? So there's at least four hundred grand in tires alone. Exactly, exactly. So um, engines, forty thousand dollars, and that's a low end. Forty thousand dollars for an engine. Is that on top of the hundred and thirty for the car? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you know, you're looking at uh, a very substantial amount of money. Uh, just to run a NASCAR team. Now, even like I tried to even look at the NFL and that, that was just crazy um, of everything that goes in to just even run an NFL team from, from the, from the footballs to the helmets, to the pads, to cleats, to uh, just the locker room stuff everything it's just it's a i was just like i do recall some of it but yet i never really focused looking at it you know well, in I mean, that detail w well if you look at the nfl just look at what's the um 
What's the salary cap? 120, 115? Yep. So, and then you have all of the other stuff you're talking about. Right. Ex, uh, the landscaping, the, you know, all that, the playing field, you know, all yeah. that comes into play, you know. Yep. Um, office expenses, travel expenses. Um, and that's just outside of just paying for the uh, players. You yeah, know? outside of the salary. Because then you you have all the coaching staff salary. You've got, you know, most of them have practice fields. They've got gyms with weight rooms and all of the um, personal trainer stuff. So they have ice baths. They have hot baths and jacuzzi. You know what I mean? They have everything. Right. Now, now again, when I was doing some of this research here, again, that I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, it is pretty much apples to oranges here, you know, because – USPSA, you know, I'm like, okay, what do they got? And I'm looking at their staff, you know, I don't know what their full staff accompanies, you know, uh, secretary, you know, and, or excuse me, office manager. Uh, you sexist you know. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not trying to be sexist. I'm just, you know, apologize for that. But, uh, but yes, office managers, you know, staff, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, Leo just corrected me. It's executive assistant. <laughs> so, you know, all that. How I don't know what they have, and I would love to know. And then we put the price to it, and seeing how much it's going to cost, what the cost is for that. Um, and then, like you were saying, how what what is the cost? You know, when we when we're paying. 200 and some dollars to enter into national events and like local events is like $50 and stuff of that nature. How much are they getting of that? Um, so once we get all these numbers and get everything set, we can find out what it's going to cost to actually say, we're going to commercialize this now. And then, then it also comes in to commercials. Are we going to run commercials on TV? How much is that going to cost us? You know, or I shouldn't say us, but cost the USPSA right. to run commercials. If they want to put it on like uh, ESPN or Fox Sports, they charge, you know. And so how much is that going to cost us to uh, do that? Does USPA pay? No. And they're so, area directors. So you want to tell the people out there what Leo just asked? So that- he he was asking if the USPSA pays for area presidents or whatever they're called, and their area directors. No, they do not get paid, but I'm sure their expenses do. So because I know that they have, you know, meeting annual meetings stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure all of that gets paid, but no, they are not paid staff. Right. So. Again, now, like you, like I was talking about, is the fact that um, doing put airing this on TV, you know, um, it's going to cost. How much is going to cost to put this on? Because there are different ratings. So if you want it on prime time, it's going to cost to be putting it on prime time showing. If you're going to put it, you know, after the prime time, like ten o'clock at night, 
that's going to be a different price. It's going to probably cost less. But then, of course, your viewers, you know, who's going to want to stay up that late to watch a show, you know? But they could record it and watch it another time. Right. I mean, it, it all comes down to that demographics bracket, you know, 18 to 54, 18 right. to 37-year-old male, you know, um, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they have all, I mean, those are statistics they could get a hold of. That wouldn't be that difficult. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely cost associated with it. Um, and then I, I think the, probably the other biggest issue is we're, look, we all know how difficult it is to get in on some of these local matches as it is. Yeah. If you start expanding your base then how are you going to expand their opportunity to shoot? Because you have to do that as well. Right. So it's a twofold campaign. um, And one is probably easier than the other. It's probably easier to get the extra people. It's harder to figure out where they're going to shoot and how. Yeah. Um, I, I, I started thinking about when you were talking about like, you know, okay, some of these top shooters, you know, you put in the money, you know, to say, hey, these top shooters shoot for this prize. And yet you were stating the fact that these top shooters, they can't be jumping from one division to the other. It's either you shoot in production, you shoot in carry optic, you shoot in, you know, uh, in the race gun. Once you once you choose your, div- your, your uh, division, and you're shooting in that division, if you decide to shoot in another division, then the points that you get in that other division, and, it, you know, if you say, okay, I'm shooting production, and I'm going to run for the championship in production, but I'm also going to shoot carry optics, yet you your points put you up there to shoot for the championship, sorry, you either can choose one or the other that you're going to win. Either you're going to win in You'd be the champion in production or the champion in carry optics. You can't be do both. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I'm not saying you can't do both, but I'm saying you have to qualify for both. Um, see, I don't think that's fair then because then the, that person can just, if they're, they would just walk through and just take the money and just keep, keep taking the money from everyone. You know what I'm saying? Give somebody else the opportunity to get win that money in that division. If you wanted to do a super, like a, at the end, saying, okay, the champions of each division now shoot in one of the world's top shooters and they all shoot together. And whoever wins that can win the, the big pot, then sure, why not? I'm not, I'm not sure I'm following the other part. Um, what but what I was saying is, okay, let's say like it happened this year. Um, Mason Lane won limited, mm-hmm. but he didn't go down there to compete in limited. He went down to Florida to compete in production, and he was second in production. Mm-hmm. Since he was down there, he decided to shoot limited, and he won limited. What I'm saying is. If you don't qualify for that division, you can shoot that division. All right, so he qualified for production. But let's say he Mm -hmm. didn't qualify in limited. He can shoot limited if he wants, 
But regardless of his score, he cannot win the championship because he didn't qualify for the championship. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. So Mason Lane, even though he would have had the highest score, he's not the champ. Okay. You don't win because you didn't do what you needed to do to qualify. Okay. Now, if throughout the year he split up his time, it's points, Leo. He's asking what you need to do to qualify. You get points for competing in certain – look, it's no different than the world shoot. These guys who get an invite to go to the world shoot from the USPSA did it because they qualified to go to the world shoot. So they had to shoot so many matches and and at a certain level in order to get enough points to qualify to be invited to the world shoot. Some of the guys that I know that are going are going on their own. They were able to get in some other way, but that's you can use the same type of criteria to qualify for nationals to shoot uh to win nationals is what i'm saying so it would require you to shoot so many matches earn so many points shooting in those matches in order to go to nationals and compete for the national championship so if so you're saying like say for instance somebody higher points for major matches versus local matches yes Yes. So what if you say that somebody qualifies in both two two divisions? Okay. So you're saying that they can run they can run for the championship in both both those divisions. Yes, because they have shot enough matches with both of those different guns in order to qualify. And look, I mean, if you're that good that you can split your time between two different guns doing two different things, then why not? I I can see that, yet at the same time, I see the other side where somebody says, well, I don't have that amount of time to be going and shooting That's all your these. your problem. But then, like you're saying, then they're paying this money to go in to shoot for, or they're, they're putting all this money in to, for these guys to shoot for the championship, and they're getting the pot. Because now, let's, Chris, let me digress you, here. Let me, you let me digress. Huh? Last October, you would have paid for someone else to collect that money. Right. We, right. All three of us did. Yes, and you're right. But that's okay. what I'm saying. Like, But for that division. Right. But you're talking about, like, I, okay. I'm also talking about, like, a, like, the super squad. Like, those guys should have their own division, and, and there should be a pot for them. You know what I'm saying? I didn't catch what he wrote. No, I don't I don't understand what you're saying. What do you mean? The super squad is just the highest ranked people in that division. So like right. you shot production. Right. And I, I get that. But I'm just saying, like it's almost like you should you should allow like the the opportunity for or something there for novice shooters in this level versus you know, almost like a, a beginner and intermediate and advanced, you know, so that these guys that are going in there, they feel good. They feel like they have an opportunity um, to win something, you know what I mean? Versus where I'm going to go up against Christian Silent. I know I'm not going to win. So why would I want to go in that, go in there against him? 
You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, if you want to bring more people in and give them an opportunity to make them feel good about themselves, you know, it's almost like you might want to divide it up a little bit. Just like, uh, kind of like, um, like NASCAR has the different series, you know, different divisions. You know, they've got the truck division. They've got, you know, a couple other areas where these guys are in these areas. They're not going to be racing against the top NASCAR drivers because they know they can't keep up with them. But they, they might be able much? to. Huh? Do they make as much? No. They okay. don't. Right. So, but it feels good to them that if they win, you know, it feels good. It gives them something that to strive for. And then maybe after that, then they can say, okay, I've, I've done myself here. And especially if you win, you should be able to say, okay, I won. Guess what? I'm bumping up to the next division. But, okay, I get that. But this now we are, now we are comparing apples and oranges because that's not how this sport is divided. I know up. that. I, so, I know that. But that's why I'm saying I think we need to do that just to, so that the – so somebody can feel good about themselves? Maybe. I'm just saying. Just I, I think the whole thing here is, let, let me say this. I mean, I think the uniqueness of this sport is you get to shoot against the Jeff Gordon, a.k.a. the Christian Seiler. Right. You get to measure yourself to the best guy out there. In my case, it's Max Michel. Mm -hmm. That is the uniqueness of this sport. You guys got to compare yourselves to Jacob Hetherington, who mm -hmm. won production. So that is the uniqueness of this sport. I mean, if this was basketball, then it would be, you know, back in the day, it would have been, you get to, you get to compare yourself one-on-one -on -one against Michael Jordan. Right, exactly. <laughs> what a train wreck that would be. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying is that I wouldn't but, even go out there. I'm like... Okay, I'll go out there, and I know I'm just going to get slam dunked on left and Who right. Who cares? Posterize me. I don't care. I'm on a poster with Michael Jordan. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, but that's nuts in your face. Who wants nuts I don't in care. your face? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. But my point is that's nowhere in any other sport do you get that opportunity. And you're right. And trust me, uh, I, Leo said tasty And also – also, in no other sport can you get an opportunity like you can in USPSA to beat the guy at the top because really all it takes is training. You're you're right. You're right. It <laughs> takes training and uh, training and opportunity. Um, but I'm like, you know, you look at like some of these guys, like the Christian Silers, uh, the Neils and all of them, that they, they get, they're sponsored. They're given like they're, Give yeah, an opportunity. Okay, hold on. I all right. I hate to put you on the spot, Chris. Okay. But tell me what Christian Seiler's weekly training is. What does he do Monday through Friday? I, I don't know. But nothing. I, right. Okay. Okay. Well, hold up now. Okay. He does nothing because he lives in a frat house in college, so he can't have a gun. So he doesn't do any practice. His only training is on the weekends and in the summertime, dude. So that means you actually have more advantage than he does because you have more time during the week that you can train than he does. So now, so why don't you beat him? Well, one, it's called age. I can't beat him because I'm older now. 
I'm beat up. I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but, um, you know, that's, again, youth versus age. I have slowed down, and he's younger than me. He... He's got better eyesight too. <laughs> who who would have thought three years ago that this kid getting out of high school, going into college, was going to beat JJ Ricaza? Nope, Nobody nope. would have thought it. Nope. Chris says, uh, "I mean, Leo says I'm with Dave on this one." Sorry, Huggy. Yeah. So, so my my point here is that it gives it puts everybody on equal footing. That's the uniqueness of the sport. You come in day one knowing you are competing head-to-head day one against the national champ. That's what you're doing. Now, and you've got unlimited – there is no time frame. If you come into this sport, like like let's say my sons liked it and they decided to stay in it. So right. they started as teenagers. Yeah. They have until they get to a point where they just aren't competitive anymore to reach the pinnacle of the sport. Mm-hmm. And it's all on them, how much time they want to dedicate to it to actually be that guy. That's what it all comes down to. And so it really, um, yeah, it's more like the PGA in that regard. They also have other tours going on for those people who suck and can't be on the PGA. Um, but that's why I still think this is very unique. And my whole thing about there's a there's a lot of hurdles um, to commercializing it more, I, and I know that, and and there are a lot. So I don't have any of those answers. But my point is that how many new gun owners did they figure out this year? Eight million new gun owners, something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. You can't tell me that there isn't there aren't eight new national champions. 10 years from now that bought guns today, if they knew about and got involved in the USPSA, there's 8 million. You're telling me there aren't eight people who couldn't step up, who have the ability to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I know what you're saying. I hear that. And like you said, if they're given the opportunity to practice every day, pretty much several hours a day now, and this is, this is, extracting christian siler okay but you know giving them the opportunity to practice every day i think yes you will you will see a new champion somebody coming up there out of the blue yes i agree with you but uh a nine to fiver that's working to make ends meet for his family uh that's gonna provide and put food on the table like you know us, and we working overtime. Sometimes we might not get that opportunity. To well, wait, but wait a minute, Chris. But this is where I disagree because Jason Bradley was number two at Carry Optics. He has a normal nine to five job. He was number two behind Max Michelle. Jay Beal okay. was number five in production. He has a normal nine to five job. He he's a farmer. So okay. so. And I'm sure there's a lot more. Most of those guys all have, yeah, there are only a handful of guys who were actually professional shooters. Rakaza, Max Michelle, Steger, who actually their life revolves around shooting, whether it's training people or whatever. 
there's only about 10 or 12 of those guys out there who actually, that's how they earn their living. Everybody else is working a job. Yes, and they're working a job, but like like you're saying, at their job, when do they get through, they can like, as uh, Leo just said, or they are reps for associated companies. Um, but when they're through with their job, you know, like you work on a farm, you have this big field where you can set up and shoot targets and practice out there. You know what I mean? I don't have that luxury of going out here and shooting that out in my yard. I can't do it. If I do, I'm going to jail. So I dry fire as much as I can. And, you know, and then of course our jobs is a very high stress job as it is. Yours more than mine because I'm no, I decided to go into a different department, <laughs> be an area of work. We all still work for the same department, but different area. Right. So I'm just saying that I would like to know their opportunities because they might get better opportunities than what we get. So that's why they are a better shooter. But they, I'm just saying, just speculating. I don't know. I would I would have to ask them. So. But- but though, but the, it all comes down to the choices we make for ourselves. Of course, you're absolutely right. So, the, the and that's why that I said the make... three of us. That's why I said the three of us will never um, compete for a national championship because our focus is not this. Correct. <clears throat> so yeah, they're better because yeah. they prioritize shooting. Yeah, they make decisions to prioritize their shooting. Right. Um, and- and and that's perfectly said. That's well 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 put, Leo. So, I mean, I would like to prioritize my shooting so that I can improve, and I am slowly doing that. And when I say slowly, when I get the opportunity, and I'm down here in the basement, I dry fire, and I for you know half an hour, forty five minutes, an hour, and then I'm like, oh, I got to go do this, you know. Oh, I got to run to the store because I got to do this or whatever. Or, wow, look at the time. I got to get in the bed because 3, 3 a.m. comes early in the morning and we're going back to work, you know. So, again, I agree with you. Um, and in, like you said, it's the choices that we make. <laughs> Leo says, I prioritize not getting murdered by his wife. Yes. Um and well, well put. Uh, but you're right. It's the choices that we make in life of what we want to do. I can't, I can't disagree with you on that one. That's just, that's dead right. So, um, and um, I'm, I'm making some choices now to, to improve myself because I'm in, with the purchases of uh, accessories to help improve myself. So, hoping that will improve myself to uh, classify higher. Well, and, and, and what interests me is I'm, I'm curious when Christian finally finishes college, he said he's going to go into business. He's not going to be doing this for a living, but I've heard a couple interviews with him where I don't, I question that because of the way he's been answering some questions. So it'll be interesting to see what decisions he makes in life based on his shooting. Right. So I, I do say that the sooner, you know, I didn't learn about this shooting at all until I was 52, 51 years old. Mm-hmm. 
So I wish I had learned about it 20 years earlier. Things oh might God. be different. You know what I mean? Same here. I'm with you. I wish I had known this back when I was, you know, in my 20s. Uh, you know, hell, it'd have been better on my body. <laughs> I wouldn't right. be, be hurting as bad as I am now with my shoulders and knees. <laughs> well, 20 years ago, Leo wouldn't even, we wouldn't even know Leo. So <laughs> just, you're just merely a child. Yeah. You're a practi child. <laughs> oh, emoji frowny. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think this was a, a, a good talk about it. Um, and there's a lot of question marks um, in some of the things that we asked and talked about. Um, but I think you made some really serious, good, valid points. And, uh, I would like to see that this would go commercialize uh, and go further. Um, and especially with, like you said, 8 million new gun owners. The percentage that you could probably pull from that uh, to be uh, competitive shooters. Yeah, I, th I think we should, you know, we should do something about that. Or USPSA should do something about that. I, I would like to see the civilian marksmanship program do more about it. Yeah. I really do, because civilian marksmanship program doesn't just have to be about rifle shooting. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's marksmanship. Right. I so, agree. And that encompasses every type of firearm. And here here's the, the whole reason why I believe in all of this. There's strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. We all know that. So with 8 million new gun owners, even if you only attracted 1% of that, that's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, if you can boost it by 1%, then I feel like you, if, if we, the more mainstream we can make it, the more, the more accepting we can make it, then the, the more issues legislators have trying to ban stuff um, and make things more difficult because it's more readily acceptable. You know what I mean? I agree with you 100%. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's, oh, yeah. That's one of the big reasons I would really like to see them. And I guess I don't like the word commercialize, but I like to see them expand their base membership and competitors so that you, you build that. And like I said, it just makes it much more difficult to legislate the shooting sports uh, to death. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, I would, I would say I was going to say something, but I'm like, Oh, I might be opening up Pandora's box again. And I think I'll keep my mouth shut and <laughs> keep the lid on it. <laughs> we can, we can do it when the recording stops. Right, right, right. So, but anyway, that's that's what I have for this uh, for this show, Leo. What about you? What do you have? Oh, heartburn.
All right, your new optic showed up, but what is it? Easier to discuss with visuals. And me not having to read everything. <laughs> All right. Well, since Leo is uh, moot today, he's <laughs> deaf and moot, we are going to uh, we'll end this podcast here. And we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Casual Shooter Podcast. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs>